Don't sit there. He was born in prison, they hiss, their collective morality judging and condemning him. It's lunchtime in a middle school cafeteria, the most dangerous place in all of America. Prison, huh? What was it like? There's a gasp across the lunch table. She's new, but everyone else knows the rules. You may insinuate, but candid talk is just taboo. He stretches in turn, insouciantly, belligerent inside, although his mask's in place. Tired of the prejudice and the low, averted gazes of his unsettled peers as he walks down the hallway. There's no judgment on her face, just serendipitous acceptance. Her questions are benign, empathy true, like she can see through his soul. Though there's a darkness in the soul, shame at the hand, dealt by fate. It was his mother who was the addict, but scandal will forever taint his name. He stopped visiting her, the mother he barely knows. Although he shares her blood, he won't end up like her, he vows. He's lucky he has his grandma to console him after every visit. She used to be a good kid, goes her refrain, every time. The story retold a million times, a cautionary tale. Another person lost to drugs, leaving him with stigma and shame. Classmates who will mock and jeer. The new girl sees a kid just like her. She can sit next to him, the seat's empty. He doesn't make fun of her glasses or the braces adorning her teeth. They're in high school now, best friends, inseparable. He runs track and she's demolishing stereotypes on the debate team. She's always his loudest cheerleader, calling out passionately from the bleachers. Meanwhile, he's there for her every competition, proud of her fierce, determined spirit. Today, he's meeting her parents, his trepidation palpable. They'll love him, she encourages, and he knows how much she cares. He's not worthy of her, they rant. Stupefied, he listens to their tirade. Like mother, like son, they rebuke. Worthless, good for nothing, deadbeat. He's not crying, surely that's rain. Pain threatening to overwhelm him, he turns to her. Disbelief on his faith as, struggling, she mouths, I'm sorry. He spends the night tossing and turning, his mind and body on a slow burn. He needs to see her, hold her close, and she'll set his tilted world right again. They won't let me see you, reads her text. I don't know what to do. I'm aghast. Ignore them. We're off to college, he pleads. I'm a good guy. I'll prove it. Just wait. All he gets are a dozen sad emojis. She says they can no longer correspond. His parents control the purse strings. She loves him but they will cut her off. There's anger like fire coursing through his veins, seeking to engulf, destroy him with its flames. The tiny spark has become an inferno, its thick smoke suffocating his soul. He waits furtively by the alley, a little white powder can't hurt. Maybe he is his mama's son, destined for a life of crime. But he fights the darkness closing around him, knowing he can't risk his life on an insult. He will rise beyond his destiny, if only she had given him a chance. He works three jobs all through college, seeking, questioning, in pursuit of integrity. In a cruel world, he will bring justice and live by his own moral compass. Love hasn't crossed his path again, but in his dreams, he still sees her face. The memory of her hasn't faded. Somewhere, hope still lingers. Thirty years later, he sees her again. Her husband's next to her, vain and suave. She looks older, lining her hair. He watches, detached, masked with calm. The upper-crust man she married stands accused of grand larceny, 
a life of privilege, privilege ruined by excess. What defines a person, upbringing or deeds? He tamps down the feeling of regret. Some things are better left unsaid. As he enters the room, the bailiff recites, All rise for the Honorable Judge James Stones.